0: Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about being patient. Being patient. It is not something that is prevalent in our society, in our culture, and I am broadcasting from the United States of America, and proud of it. So let me uh, point that out. Not not trying to uh, have any kind of like crazy better than attitude or anything like that, but just, just stating things, all right? That's it. That's it. I love the world. I love all of you. No matter what country you're from, world peace all the way, okay? Patience in our culture, not such a big thing. Why? Because we are all about now. We're all about today and all about having it done yesterday and buying a pill that will do it for us so we don't actually have to do it. Um, you know, the quick fix, the overnight success, get rich quick. This kind of stuff is huge in, in the mainstream here in America. And how do I know this? How do you know this? Because we see it all over the place, right? Buy this pill. It will make you lose weight instantly. Um, buy this program and you'll be rich. don't even have to do anything just get it and it'll just magically you know I just sat on my couch for 12 hours a day and look at the checks I get now and we know that it's not realistic and yet so many people buy it right how do these people make money They make money selling this dream or this hope that it's possible to get rich quick doing nothing or next to nothing, That is just going to happen, it's going to be easy. That is what is being sold in many of these products, right, is the dream, the hope, that, that there's, a, there's an easy button to life, there's an easy button to wealth. And the reality, I hate to break it to you, friend, is that there isn't. How do I know? Because, because I'm not going to try to sell you get-rich-quick stuff, that's why. I'm going to sell you stuff that tells you how to actually do it. And with that, there is a process, and with that, there is learning, and there is a change in ourselves that needs to happen before these things can happen. So, for example, getting rich quick, uh, there's plenty of documentation and science behind, um, you know, the number, like the, the number of people who win the lottery and then keep the wealth something like maybe 33%, maybe a third, and I don't even think it was that high, but maybe it was, let's say, uh, still have the wealth after a number of years, right? Most of them, the large majority of them, end up broke right back where they were or even worse off than they were before they hit the lottery. How is that even possible? How do people end up with more money than they could probably ever imagine only to have it all be gone within a short amount of time well because they didn't actually change they didn't learn how to have money they didn't learn how to protect money or to invest money to make it grow they still have the same mindset they're the same person they were before they had the money and so the money doesn't stick around right and If you read, as I'm sure you probably do, or follow people who are financially savvy and try to teach, you know, wealthy mindsets, uh, wealth principles, these sort of things, you've probably already discovered that there's a language that the wealthy have that the rest of us, that the rest of people don't, right? There are certain things that are part of the wealthy person's daily habits that for the most part are not habits of the poor and middle class. The way that money is looked at, the way that investments, the way that risks and liabilities, all these things are viewed differently by people in these different socioeconomic classes. And you could say, oh, well, that person is, you know, well, because they're poor, of course, they're going to see it like that. And it's one of those chicken and egg scenarios, right? It's like, which came first, did the person become poor because they thought like this and spoke like this? Or were they, are they poor, were they already poor and they talk like that and think like that because they're poor? It's like both, right? It's it's that, um, you know, as within, so without kind of, uh, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy kind of situation, right? So how do we change it? How do we break the cycle? Well, we we learn the language of the rich, right? We learn the habits of the rich. And if we emulate them, then we can start to have those same things, right? See somebody who's got what you want, do what they do, and you'll get what they've got. And so if you can find a role model and, – and when I say wealth and riches, I'm not talking strictly finances, um, although that is certainly a big part of it, right? But it could be health. It could be – general wellness, it could be family and friends, connections, right? relationships, certainly having a wealth of uh, positive relationships, people you can depend on, people you can trust and confide with and connect with. These things are certainly important for many of us. So wealth isn't strictly in the financial sense that I'm talking, but even within each of these other categories that I mentioned, there are languages. There's things that if you're good in the language of love, for instance, like love language, you, you'll you hear people, you know, there's concepts around love languages and like what ling- love language do you speak? Well, so-and-so is a gift giver or gift receiver. Like gifts speak mean love for this person, right? And not in a material, you know, way necessarily, but just the idea that, hey, I want to give you this symbol of my love for you. And... um and if you give me this thing, it shows me that you appreciate me and understand me and love me. Whereas for this other person, their love language may be um, much more about uh, public displays of affection. Like, hey, you know, unless you're showing the world how you relate to me physically in public, then you're not loving me the way that I need to feel loved to, uh, you know, feel loved and appreciated. Or maybe it is, um, you know, physical touch, You got to have physical touch. And that's what lets me know that yes, you love me and appreciate me and they're communicating with me. And if you don't do that, then it may, uh, you know, make me feel that you you don't understand me, you don't love me, and you're not appreciating me. So these different kind of languages, it's not just about money, but hopefully you can see how that could also relate to money, right? If I'm talking about, um, you know, like I, I was talking about my car a couple of podcasts ago, well, if, if a lot of people saw my car and they don't know me, my car looks really nice, at least I think so. Did get a fender bender recently, so it's not quite as nice, but you might assume that I paid a decent, uh, you know, a decent, uh, very relative word. You might assume I've paid tens of thousands of dollars for this car, okay? Now, the car is not going to itself make me any money, right? It's a liability. It's a widget or a um, doodad, as a uh, rich dad, poor dad, Robert Kiyosaki might Point out, right? It's a doodad, it's liability. If anything, it could cost me money because I have to pay for maintenance and this and that. But it's also a necessity because it gets me from point A to point B. But I could have bought a cheaper car. But the reality is, I am very frugal and I did not pay tens of thousands of dollars for this car. I bought this car very used. In fact, it had been scrapped and uh, rehabbed. And so I got it for a super cash discount. So that's the game I played. I was able to cut off lots and lots of. Cost with this car because of the way that I was able to acquire it. So, that is something I learned from reading a book about wealth generation. This is it's a specific tactic that this guy, and I don't remember the book, but my mother in law gave it to me years ago when I was um, much younger. And it's this really cruddy looking book, nothing spectacular, super basic looking. You know, the cover was like yellow and black, and it was just like, you know, 101 ways to generate wealth or something like that. You know, it's just like, just looks super boring, but it's like, okay, well, you know, read it. And I did, and it was like, wow, this is actually pretty amazing. And it was just these real tactics that were about, about, you know, doing these things. Now, how does this relate to patience? We're talking about becoming, you know, being patient. And this ties in perfectly because uh, with my car example, um I could have bought this car right off the bat when it was new back in 2006 but I also recognized that I was not in a financial position to be able to buy it and especially back then when it was new it was probably 30 or 40,000 I certainly wasn't in a position to buy it so I was patient right and I'm been uh I practice patience I practice delayed gratification and so that applies to this situation because the When you learn to enjoy the wanting of the thing as much as the having of the thing, then life becomes pretty magical, right? You know, you want this vacation and you've been dreaming about it. You want to go there for years. Um, You could put on a credit card, but you also know that, hey, you put on the credit card, it's going to take you way longer to pay off. You're going to pay tens, uh, you're going to pay hundreds or maybe thousands in interest on the credit card, and uh, you'll be paying for that vacation for the rest of your life, maybe right? But if you could be patient and wait till you, you know, saved up enough money or you're able to finance it with a a more strategic way or something, then all of a sudden you can still have your dream, but it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You know, you're going to be responsible with it and that's going to set you up to be able to maybe take that same vacation again, uh, you know, much sooner or go to your next bucket list, destination, right? So this idea of being patient is very against the grain here in our culture. And that's part of uh, the big message today is look around and notice how many things are trying to sell you something based on most people not being patient. Oh, get this cruise today. You could be sailing around, you know, the world in five days. No money down. Just, you know, we'll finance the whole thing. And pay not a penny today. Get this whole furniture set and make no payments till next year. It's like, okay, boom. Yeah, today. Bam, got it. Yeah, forget patience. Why do I need patience? This thing, They're going to give this thing to me for free. Well, they're giving it to you for free today, but guess, guess who's being patient? They're being patient. Why? Because they know that they're going to get paid one way or another, right? You're going to start making payments or, oops, you forget to make a payment. Now you're late. Well, guess what? Now they're going to put a lien on your house or who knows, you know, depending on uh, what kind of thing you you sign up for. Um, You you know, it can jack your credit. So this patience game is being played at a lot of different levels. And if you can be the one to take control of your desire and need to have it done, right now or today, then that is the thing that's gonna allow you to make wiser decisions, especially financially, and be able to position yourself for the long game, right? And that's a different podcast episode, the long game. And uh with that one, real quick, um there are are there times that you should not be patient, of course. Yeah, you know what? I don't I'm not saying you should always be a slacker and, and hold off on things because there's times when you've got to act, right? You got to make fast action, and maybe there's a limited window when you got to take action. You got to do it quick, and if you don't, then that opportunity is gone, right? So, this is a, it's not a hard and fast rule when to be patient and when not. This concept, though, is important, and this is a practice that you may want to take on for yourself. If you see that um, maybe you've, you've been hasty in the past, and those kind of uh, hasty decisions have cost you, or you know, to lose out, or to uh, do things that you didn't want to have to do. And you've been trying to figure out how can I be more patient? How can I practice being patient? And this is this is one way to start to become aware of opportunities to practice the delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. So let's just run through a couple more quick examples. Let's say you're wanting to lose weight and you're trying to figure out, okay, how, you know, I, I, but I love chocolate cake. I love chocolate, got to have chocolate, or, you know, it's going to be a bad situation for anybody that crosses my path today. So you know you want the chocolate, but you also know if you eat it right away that, you know, you're not going to hit your goal of losing weight, okay? So which is more important? Let's say you've dialed into your burning desire, another podcast i'm just plugging podcast episodes left and right here friends let's say and that's part of the flow right i'm in the flow right now i'm fired up i don't know if you can tell but i'm fired up so you get um you get that burning desire dialed in hey i want to lose weight for me it was i want six pack abs before 40 i'm going to do whatever it takes if i have to freaking starve myself then I will. And, um, but you know, I didn't do that. I just learned how to eat proper or, or more healthy and I feel like a million bucks and I lost all the weight. So it was like amazing double wins. And it took a heck of a lot of patience and a heck of a lot of delayed gratification because it took me a long freaking time to lose the weight friend. It took a long time of me eating stuff that at first I really didn't like eating and it was very sad and depressing at times to be like, man, I want a burrito so bad. I can almost taste it, but not quite because I'm not eating burritos right now. And that was rough, really hard. And I But I practiced the patience. I said, you know, when I have my six-pack abs, every weekend if I want, I'm going to eat a burrito, and it's going to be glorious. And you know what, friends? That is my reality. I have pretty darn good abs, not fully six-pack, but probably as close as I'll keep and maintain because, uh, because I just learned so much about this whole six-pack abs thing. It's pretty intense. But I'm very happy where I'm at. And on the weekends, you darn well believe I ate a whole burrito many more weekends than I don't, along with a beer or two. And it's awesome because it's dialed in. It took me a long time, probably uh, about a full year to really dial it in and figure it out. And it was well worth it. Worth it. So, Patience, being patient, how can you start to practice patience? What areas of your life are you feeling that you that you have room for improvement around patience? Finally, um, I'm going to make you a special offer. I've got a little special, some tips and stuff that, that I'll be happy to send out to you. Go to the show notes for this podcast. Go into findyourflow.com forward slash podcast and search for... Um, being patient that is the name of this episode being patient and let me know what you think you know hopefully you like that uh the tips and the little report i'll be putting in there for you and and then be patient my friend and until next time also be flowing